love romance novels and movies. My friends say I'm a romantic fool because I believe in love at first sight. I bet I'm not the only one that believes so. I'm sure all you ladies agree with me. Guys, some of you can also be softies. I've met some romantic fellows at university. My story, however, is a little different. Hi, my name is Sarah. I'm majoring in sociology with a minor in criminology. My criminology professor said that for me to understand how criminals think, I have to think like one too. I had to write a case study, so I had to interview inmates at a local prison. I have to admit that I was extremely nervous and terrified. Before I started visitations, I did a lot of research on the prison itself. The rules, death row statistics, type of crimes, security, and etc. On my first visit, I went with a male classmate and my professor. Doing so helped me to take the edge off. My professor warned me about the things I would witness and experience there. Foul odor, offensive language, catcalling, and sexual advances. He also warned me not to wear makeup or dresses. I was scared, just listening to his warnings. That day, I wore a pair of loose pants so I wouldn't show my curvy figure. I put on a black long sleeve shirt that belonged to my mom. I pulled my hair back into a bun. I wore no makeup, and I even wore my mom's reading eyeglasses. I didn't even recognize myself. I looked hideous. My friends joked about it and took selfies with me. I told them I was working as a spy, so I needed to go undercover. We all laughed. <laughs> However, three months later, none of us were laughing. It all started when I met Jim on my second visit to the prison. He's doing time for grand theft and larceny. I was supposed to take notes on different inmates so I could learn about their behavior and psychology. But when I met Jim, it was different. He was funny and wasn't menacing. He had a deep voice even though he wasn't that tall. He had tattoos on both arms and some showing from the collar of his uniform. He had a friendly smile. Aren't you too young to be a lawyer, he asked. Who says I'm a lawyer, I replied. A lawyer wouldn't be caught dead dressed like this. I equipped it. He started laughing. <laughs> Beautiful and smart, he said. I ignored his remark, of course. I immediately changed the subject to my school work. We started corresponding the old-fashioned way, via letters. I learned that he was only 28 years old, and he had a younger sister who was still in high school. He also shared that his father abandoned the family when his little sister was just a baby. He had dropped out of school. I wasn't good at it, Jim explained. Don't you want to finish, I asked. I read that some inmates study in here so they can be part of a society again when they get out. Why did I say that, I thought. How stupid of me. It's easier to say such things when you're not incarcerated. Jim shared how he had started on the path of a crime. At first, he was a petty thief, stealing small things. When that wasn't enough, he committed grand larceny. Jim then joined a gang that taught him how to make big bucks, stealing only luxury cars so they would be exported abroad. Our conversation at the prisons were trivial at first, especially because there are surveillance cameras everywhere. And let's not forget the watchful eye of the warden standing nearby. Jim started writing poetry to me in his letters. I knew he was checking out poetry books from the prison library. 
Yes, reading materials and information are provided in almost all federal and state correctional facilities. I was flattered that he took the time to do so for me. I couldn't deny that I was attracted to Jim and how he made me feel. His jokes were not crude, but genuinely clever. It was a shame that his upbringing and destitution led him to his criminal career. I often wondered if I would have liked him if we had met in different circumstances. However, I also thought that it was crazy that I liked him that way. How could I get involved with such a person? I was in school trying to make something out of myself. He was behind bars, paying his debt to society. When I told Karen, my best friend, she scolded me. Are you nuts? What's gotten into you? She asked, almost shouting. I couldn't blame her. I guess this was the first time I had gotten close to a bad boy. When the semester was almost over, I was supposed to turn in a research paper based on the social environment of the prisoner's early life. I decided that I wouldn't continue with this charade. I had allowed my feelings to get in the way of my research. I didn't know how to break it to Jim. I thought it would be best to send him a final letter and not visit him anymore. And that's what I did. I never told my professor about the personal relationship I established with Jim. If any of the professors found out about my letter exchanged with Jim, I probably would have been expelled. I wrote my final paper and submitted it to my professor. Karen was relieved when I told her that I had stopped writing to Jim. I wrote a brief letter to him, where I thanked him for all the poems he had shared with me. I thanked him for allowing me to talk to him. I informed him that the semester was over, so I was no longer writing a case study. I lied to him and told him that my father was getting transferred for work and we were moving to another city. In my letter, I encouraged him to continue reading poetry and suggested he should get his high school diploma. The funny thing is, I never asked him when he was getting out of there. I guess that piece of information was useless to me. While talking to Karen, I realized that Jim had only been a good challenge. Perhaps I had romanticized the circumstances, like the romantic fool that I am. Jim never wrote back. I passed my class with high marks. These days, I am taking a break from poetry and from men. <laughs>